as an autistic ADHD who is owning being your true self and taking off the mask, what does dating look like in that situation? I feel like I've had to completely start again. I think the first thing that I kind of realized was that my type is probably so different to what I thought it was. My type of who I was attracted to was almost copied again like part of mimicking it was like oh well everybody else thinks that he's good looking so Mm. he's good looking and everybody else fancies him so (laughs) I must fancy him and I think a lot of my type had been learned from that and I think it was looking back it was a very like specific type as well so it was almost like oh yes I've learned that that is the person that I'm supposed to be attracted to and I'm supposed to date so I'll just find a clone of that person every (laughs) single time I think the first part was realizing actually unmasking is realizing who am I actually attracted to not just who I've thought is the right person to be attracted Mm. to and I think that's looked like you know widening the type of like men that I was dating but also a lot of like things that I haven't even worked out yet like Am I am I straight? I don't know because I've just learned that being straight is you know there's a lot of compulsory like heteronormativity. Am I straight or have I just copied being straight from all the people around me? That was a really I don't I still don't know the answer to that question. And <laughs> um, so I think that was a big one of like yeah mm. rediscovering who do I actually want to date. Um, and I think masking. I think even now like even the last person that I've dated like in the summer. I look back at that time and I'm like, I was masking so much more during the time that I was dating that person versus my usual self, because it's almost easy to slip into that character of like, oh, this is who I am on a date. Like Mm. this is, you know, I play the woman and they play the man. And then this is, I don't know. I think it's really easy to slip into like who you think you should be on it. I think everyone Mm. has that element of like wanting to impress the person. Right. But I think Mm. when you're masking, that is like amplified so much more. Um, but I think like refiguring out what I need from somebody as well is really important. Like I know now that communication is really important to me, that clarity is really important. I can't read between the lines. I, if you don't tell me what we are, I have got no idea what we are and I'll just be anxious all the time because I won't know what's going on. So I think like finding somebody that is comfortable enough to be clear, be open, be honest, um, which is not very easy to do I think um I was like talking to my counselor about it and she was like being an autistic person who dates men Mm. is a very difficult job to do because the way that men are socialized is to not be open about their feelings and to not be clear um which isn't Mm. necessarily their fault that's just like the way that we're all socialized in like a patriarchal world so it's very (laughs) difficult to do I think it's still (laughs) a work in progress um but yeah I think it's basically been starting again from zero of like who do I want, do I, like, what do I want a relationship to look like? Cause I also know that I need a lot of time to myself and I need a lot of time to unwind. Um, yeah. What do I need from somebody? I think it is mm. basically starting all over again. <laughs> she had so much relatability. And I'm thinking about when you meet someone and you go on a first date, the societal expectation is you go out for dinner. And for me, that's my worst nightmare if I'm honest with myself I don't really like sort of sat across a table I get frustrated with having to wait for the bill at the end all this kind of stuff but I suppose my question as a autistic ADHD what does your ideal first date look like yeah I think as a rule I would do like no sitting across the table from each other because again it is like I don't want to just you feel uncomfortable the whole time because you're not used to the fact that Mm. I don't make eye contact and I don't want me to feel like I should be making eye contact with you the whole time so that's like a general rule of no sitting across the table from each other i quite like just going for a drink because i feel like i'm quite a a pub person rather than like a bar or fancy play person i'm quite an old man pub person like going for a drink but i think activity dates are a good one Mm. because you're doing something and it gives you something to talk about rather than trying to come up with small talk 
Um, but I think it's a hard one to navigate for me as well because quite a lot of my life is online now. So I always, I always feel like a really weird balance of, oh, they probably know a lot more about me than I know about <laughs> them because I'm just sharing my whole life constantly on the internet. So I think that's a weird one. But yeah, I would say an activity date is a good one because you've got like a thing to talk about, like I don't know, mini golf or bowling mm. or whatever. Um, and a walk's quite nice because you're, again, not having to make, yeah. I think <laughs> eye contact is the biggest one for me to avoid in a first date. Um, just movement as well, I feel. Yeah. Just allows my brain to think better yeah and getting to know someone if we're moving we're doing something active rather than just sat at, at a table i think you're going to get a better version of me yeah yeah definitely i think you're less thinking about oh, what should i say what should i do like yeah. how am i going to move this conversation on and you're more just mm. being a human yeah you think you're quite sensitive to rejection <laughs> yes <laughs> um i think this is one that has like made a lot of things make sense when you like first have that moment where you learn about RSD and you're like, ah, okay, this, this makes a lot of sense. But for me, it more shows up as that I'm a massive people pleaser. I think obviously there's like the, the emotional side that comes when there is rejection or perceived rejection. But I think for me, it's almost preventative. Like I will never get to the point of rejection because I will do everything in my power to make you like me. Um, and I think that's been a really hard one to work through. I think it's, again, like the mask, it's, you can't just stop being a people pleaser one day. It's like your natural reaction to do anything and everything to be the most palatable mm. person in the whole entire world. Um, but yeah, I guess that's another thing that I'm trying to work through at the moment. Yeah. It must be hard because you, if you take off the mask and then you are your truer self you're probably opening yourself up to rejection more because you're actively stopping yourself from being a people pleaser yeah i think it's like the double whammy isn't it because it's like you're stopping being a people pleaser so people are going to be less pleased i guess yeah. but then i think also <laughs> unfortunately we live in a world that is still quite ableist that isn't very well receiving of an unmasked autistic adhd person so mm. it's like I am, it's not right, but it's true that if I am more openly autistic, I am going to experience more rejection because people aren't used to seeing an unmasked autistic person or aren't, it's we're living quite an ableist world. So if I am making less eye contact, if I am talking more about my special interests rather than making pleasant small talk, it's more likely that people are, you know, if I'm naturally being more blunt and monotonous in the way that I communicate, it's likely that those things are going to cause more rejection anyway. So I think mm. that's really hard to deal with is when you have ADHD, so you've got the RSD and you're trying to unmask as an autistic person, that's a really hard thing to do because it's like, I want to learn to be my true self, but I also know that in doing that, less people are going to like me. And that's a really hard, like, it's like double, I don't know, it's like mm. a, a rock and a hard place of like, okay, well, I can keep masking, which is going to exhaust me. It's going to make me unwell, but at least people are going to like me a bit more. Or I've got to unmask and I've got to deal with the fact that actually less people are going to be nice about that, I guess. I think it's mm. something that I really struggle with in my work as well, because I, as bad as it is, I know that a lot of the reason for my um, like relative success, I think, is like that I'm quite palatable. Like I am still quite heavily masked and I'm still, you know, I have white privilege. I have pretty privilege. I have able-bodied privilege. When I go into talk at a workplace, for example, I'm still quite a palatable person for them to see. I'm still quite nice and bubbly and chatty mm. and smiley and all of those things. Whereas if I unmask more and more and I turn up and I 
don't take off my ear defenders because I'm dealing with the fact that the sound is too loud and I'm openly stimming and I'm rocking backwards and forwards or, you know, I'm communicating in a really blunt and concise way. That's less comfortable for the people that are in the audience because they're not used to seeing that. They're, they've not probably mm. seen a lot of unmasked like traits before. So it means that they're less likely to take on my message because it's like they're dealing with all of that. Oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this person that is very different to people that I've seen mm. before. So they're not learn they're not taking on as much as what I'm saying. So I'm making less impact, but also I, I can't make that much impact if I'm constantly masking. If my whole thing is like talking about unmasking and then I'm turning up as a highly, highly masked person, then mm. I'm also not, it's a really hard one to kind of, I think it's, you know, one that's really hard for me to, to like come to terms with as well as like, and I know that the more that I do become like visibly different, the less palatable I'm going to be. And probably the more like unpleasant comments that I'm opening myself up for as well. You know, like as of now, I'm quite lucky that I don't get touch wood <laughs> that much hate on the internet. But if I was again, stimming more openly and rocking backwards and forwards or not looking at the camera and all of those things, then I probably would receive more negative feedback mm. as well.